I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, I got to say the first, uh, last week we recorded the podcast, we had William Mom on, and uh, we talked about the um, the LSU game. We didn't know oh, what was yeah. going to happen, but the game obviously happened, and uh, we were we were right again. We didn't really make a prediction, but we all were pretty well confident that they were going to. Here's what's funny. Did you expect what happened? Well, here's, no. I mean, here's, here's what happened. We're in the duck blind. The the day of the game and we have a guy that hunts with us phil named him burley oh yeah he played at OU. he did he was a linebacker for oklahoma and he said he played defensive end in high school and he said when i got to college they said i was too small i mean this guy how big is burley i would say he is six six two hundred and sixty pounds give or take I mean, he's huge, so I don't know what the – you're too small. But he said he was fast. That's why they put him in linebacker. So we're sitting there. So he's a big OU fan. He's like, uh, so you want to you wanna put some money on the game? <laughs> and I said, I'm not a gambler. <laughs> and he said, well, I got 20 bucks that says OU wins. I said, done. <laughs> he said, I thought you wasn't a gambler. I said, well, 20 bucks is not gambling when I know – I'm going to win. <laughs> so I'll take that. That's bet. just $20 in your pocket. So this morning he showed up. He was digging in the wallet. <laughs> 20. I mean. And it was pretty much over by halftime. You know what? I'm just beginning to drink the Kool-Aid here. I mean, LSU, they just can't be stopped. Well, and it was, a you know, now they're playing Clemson, obviously, for the whole deal. Here was something interesting I saw today, Jays. So... The questionnaire in the game, can LSU stop Oklahoma's counter? Because, you know, that's been their go-to play. So, Oklahoma on the counter, in games 1 through 13, 117 carries, 832 yards, 7 yards per carry on their counter, which Mm -hmm. is their base move. Against LSU, 5 carries, 4 yards, or .8 yards per carry. So, I guess the answer was yes when you're playing assignment football. So, it was really interesting because the offense got all the – talk but really defensively they played pretty solid you know well i don't know i think what stopped the counter was that it was like 28 to 7 <laughs> yeah well you know tough. you can't run the ball they were scoring at just an incredible rate yeah so it was pretty amazing i thought the reason seriously i thought the reason lsu dominated is uh our offensive line and defensive line they were just dominant uh in hertz's defense he, he didn't have any time can you had dad you've watched a lot of football you play college football have you ever seen an offensive performance that lsu put on the first half of that game in any college game never especially at a high level i mean maybe if you're playing somebody you know some low level phil said i've been thinking burrow was just getting lucky but after a while (laughs) (laughs) earlier in his career at lsu i said man that was a lucky throw to get that right but after he until he kept making lucky throws, <laughs> well, he repeatedly did it. I said, "That's too many throws to be luck." Yeah, it's more than luck. Well, you know it what? It looks like he's lucky. Here's but. what it reminds me of: that he's he's a he's a pro quarterback because he's putting ball in tight back shoulder windows. Correct. That you only see at the pro level. You just don't see it at the college level. So I think he became. And by the way, before we leave the topic, 
uh, Troy, who's my buddy, one of my buddies from Tulsa, who was bold enough to send me the Boomer Sooner text before the game. I just want to say that, you know, I appreciate that text and glad it worked out. To show you how things have worked out, in my day, in the 60s, I was playing against, uh, so people will know him, they'll probably remember him, Kenny the Snake Stabler. I was playing for Tech, he was playing for Alabama. They went undefeated that year. But so everyone will know, if I threw the ball at one of my receivers on his back shoulder, he would come back grabbing. He said, you got to lead me, man. you got to lead me. It would never have entered his mind, I can stop and catch this ball. Yeah. Because he said, that quarterback, Phil, what's wrong with him? He's throwing it behind me. <laughs> I mean, stopping and catching it was out of the question. you got right. to lead me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. There's the, the defensive back right on him, so I'm throwing a little behind him so he can stop and catch the ball. But they they were like, well, what are you doing? So the problem is, because I watched a couple of your games. There was no throw behind the show. When you lead throws. a guy, there's a linebacker there. That's the problem. It's you know The only way you throw a guy open I is I tried it a few shoulder. times, but they just kept running. And saying, what, <laughs> hey, the what are you doing? shoulder throw is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. You can't defend it because you can be fully covered and still make the but play. But that was unknown in my world yeah. of the 60s yeah. as a quarterback. No one ever voiced behind the shoulder, whatever they, what they call it. Yeah, back, back shoulder. shoulder. Back yeah, shoulder yeah, back shoulder. There well, was no such thing. And I have to say, Dad, because I've seen you play. I watched the game against Alabama, and your release was incredible. I mean, Bradshaw has said it through the years, but nobody really knew that film is so old. They from, just thought he was trying to be nice. Oh, exactly. He's just being nice. You know, that'll go. Well, you had a quick, amazing release. You know, I, played, I just couldn't get you, past the ducks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just didn't love it. And I don't mean the Oregon ducks. I just couldn't get by the <laughs> real ducks. I'd rather duck hunt than play football. Yeah, that's right. Well, I can't blame you. That's yeah. what it amounted to. Exactly. So, uh, something I wanted to talk about today. Uh, obviously, this is kicking off our new year, but you, uh, you boys, like yesterday. So, you ran the whole service at at uh, our church yesterday. I think that was the first which, time. I think it's the first time the inmates have ever run the asylum. So, how did that? Well, what uh, happened was they. Uh, I looked at the schedule because my wife and I are. You know, we, we've been helping with the worship and, you know, mainly my wife, but I'm involved in it. She been, has the you know, talent, but you the, but you have the biblical knowledge and the... Yeah, we do a little Bible class and, you know, I'll, I'll do lessons and then she'll energize the, the crowd. We learn these new songs and for the first service, you know, we sing a cappella on the first service. The second ser- service is contemporary, but we just are involved in the first server so what we've been doing is we we took contemporary songs that you hear on the radio that mainly are focused on jesus of the gospel and we transform them into acapella songs so we got a little team that does that and it, i mean they are incredible so you you got to hear that yesterday for the first really time good. it's been good jace was trying to be tactful when he said dad we, you know, we're doing the service and everything, and get up and say a few words. He said, "But hold it to about fifteen minutes." <laughs> I was, he gave me a time limit. He didn't want me to get too fired up about the whole thing. Yeah. So I jammed as much as I could into fifteen <laughs> minutes and let it let the chips so fall. So Jace was like the woman, the White House lady that said, "Keep it to a minute." Oh, I well, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. then Missy on Christmas dinner, we were all down here eating and. uh Phil said, okay, uh, Jace told me, you know, I got 15 minutes. And she said, no, you got 30. And I said, no, he doesn't. So then we were 
yipping, you know, Phil left bewildered. I said, if you tell him 30, that's an hour. You tell him 15, that's 30, which is basically about what happened. He went about 25, which was perfect. I do the same thing. Yeah. So what we decided to do was we planned the whole thing, and we did it because usually on years past, you probably know this, a lot of the families are away because it's in the holidays. It's the last Sunday. And a lot of, of our year. staff people and elders, people at the church that normally yeah. they were all gone. On. They're all gone. So what they've done in years past is they have like a you know a state of the church, or you know they have a fella gets up, and they just kind of talk about the year in review. Year in review. I think that's yeah. what they do. And I was like, I, I'm, I challenged that. I was like, why, why are we doing that? Why don't we just get all our groups together? Because we have many groups. We have two services. Then y'all are over right across the river on yeah, the campus. Dad works with one of our church plants across the river. And yeah. mom. And, and it's been going great. But we don't get to see him much because these are. You got to remember, yeah. we, we have these Bibles in front of us. And for everyone that's listening out there in computer land, now you can you can hello computer land yeah hello computer <laughs> land uh that's as close as i ever get to a computer but it is worth noting that i have this bible lying in front of me and we all do but the whole story literally from genesis to revelation the whole bible points people to jesus christ right it, it points everybody to him prepares the way Jace uh, come up with a good little rift the uh, Genesis through Malachi Jesus is coming Matthew Mark Luke and John Jesus is here mm-hmm. and Acts through Revelation he's going to come back because you know Acts 1 he yeah. leaves right. he's coming back if so if you look at it logically so when I get up I, I no matter who I'm talking to, or like a three-point lesson plan back over in the old time. No. I'm going to give a lesson, and it's going to point people to Jesus. Me too. Because I, I'm, I'm thinking, someone says, well, what about if there's 500 or 10,000 in the crowd, and most of them are concluding, but I already know that, that Jesus came in flesh and died on a cross with buried and raised from the dead, and went back into heaven, seated at the right hand of God. He's going to return. I already know that. What people fail to understand is there are people visiting are in and around you that don't know that. So I'm speaking to the ones who've never heard that. Faith comes from hearing the message. So it's not long and drawn out. The Bible points people to Jesus. So do I. I, I don't just cut to it, the chase. I don't think it stops there, though. I think these people who say, well, how come you're sharing the same thing over and over? Well, that's what this is about. I mean, to me, I want to go get fired up on Sunday morning for 90 minutes about Jesus, who is my Lord, you know, my personal Lord. And then the rest of the week, I'm using that energy to share Jesus, the same Jesus we just celebrated together during the week. That that's my point. I'm like, if we want to teach a class, let's let's have classes. We can talk about other subjects. But for that sixty to ninety minutes together, and we take the Lord's Supper every week, which what's that about? Well you take some you take a cracker. You're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Where's that at? I wrote I was actually gonna read that yesterday. Uh I had that written down. First Corinthians eleven. 
First Corinthians eleven twenty three through yeah. twenty six. See, I have that written down. Yeah. Because I did. did the, you do communion? Yesterday? I did the communion. Well, you were supposed to. All right. And uh, Phil's brother, he died, so we had the funeral. Turned out to be on Sunday. So you drove over. Right. So I did. I was going to be the welcomer. We had all this mapped out. Because here's what happened. When we went to him and said, can we just do it? I want to get everybody together. Let's everybody get fired up for Jesus. Because we just celebrated Christmas. So you have the birth of Jesus. You have the new year coming up. Well, to me, we can zero in on the period between the birth of Jesus and the new year, which is your opportunity through resolutions and whatever to start again, to start over. So right. let's focus on the death, burial, and resurrection, the life, death, burial, resurrection, you know, life of Jesus. So they went for it. They said, okay, we all do it. So Missy and uh, our little team, they planned the songs. I was going to be the welcomer. And what I wanted to do, which I did, when I come out there, you know, LSU had just won the night before everybody was fired up you know there's a lot of lsu shirts you know and so i was like well you know i said this is this is one of my favorite times of the year this is my opening line we sang some songs and we have our class which is about 40 to 50 people they get up and we sang a song we sang uh hallelujah here below which is a elevation worship song people Mm -hmm. who listen to contemporary music they'll know what that is but you know we we just get up there and do it acapella it's incredible phil said it brought a tear to his eye so that all right so we got a new product we want to talk about today and i know this is one that you guys think about quite a bit um your sheets sheets your sheets and your towels do you ever think about what they're made out of whether they're comfortable. When I the mean, winter time comes, Miss K says, "Time for the for the uh, what's that material? You know, like flannel. Time for flannel sheets." So she goes from cotton sheets to flannel sheets once winter time gets you a cold really? weather. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and 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 there's a difference. So you can tell the difference. Oh, no doubt about winter it. Winter time, you want the warmer sheets, the flannel. And then in the summertime, you want the lighter, cooler sheets. Cooler sheets. Because right? it affects the way the you sleep. The only time I ever notice is if the sheets have a smell. I'm like, we need to wash these sheets. <laughs> yeah, we need Which yeah. I would think in your case is probably quite frequently, just from general being around you. I mean, I opened your oh. truck and I was like, whoo. Yeah, time it's, to clean that duck up. duck season. I mean, duck season, you have Musty. to sacrifice Musty. some things. Well, that my dog's been riding. Oh, okay. Well, but you were sleeping where your dog was riding, so I'm I just was, saying it all goes yeah. together at some point. I mean, I have been so tired before I've been, I looked like Phil. It'd be like if Phil right now went and laid down <laughs> in between two sheets. Those sheets are going to need to be washed as soon as possible. You are correct. Because you that's, have at least a cup. That's, One cup that's why you have mud. women who women who monitor these things. <laughs> well, I'm monitoring it, and I'm a man. So, so, so I say all that to tell you about this new product. It's from a group called Bowl and Branch, uh, and they make sheets. What's uh, it called? Bed sheets. Bowl and Branch. B O L L and Branch. Okay. Uh, it's a and basically it's a new company. It's a husband and wife. They just right. said, you know, we can't get any comfortable sheets, and so they just started their own company, which kind of love. So what this are is, they, do we know what they're made of? Uh, let me see here. Cotton bowl, meaning bowl. They're the softest and most comfortable sheets in the world, 
and they're the only betting that are loved by three U.S. presidents. It doesn't say who they really? are. It doesn't say who they are, but there's three well, U.S. There presidents. There's, about, only, there's, there's five alive. Oh, right? there's five alive? Yeah, five or six. So three out of the five? Three out of the five. I wonder how they I mean. bet Trump's one of them. Now, Dad, you'll you'll enjoy this. For a limited time, you can get their luxury flannel bedding to keep you huh. cool sleepers warm because they breathe and they keep you warm sleepers cool. Well, well, I would I'll need this like, to order those immediately. I would like. I, mean, I, I would. Try I got, I'd have to get half of it flannel because I, I can't sleep in flannel sheets. You know what I mean? That I'm gonna get hot. I'm dead. No, no. But my wife, she because we have this big argument about what the temperature is gonna be in the room. I well, want it at sixty, and she uh, wants it at eighty. We like it in the sixties with <laughs> flannel sheets in the wintertime. Well, there you oh, go. So I think you guys are. need to try it. If three presidents are for it, yeah. so shipping is always free. And you can try them out, Jace, you'll love this, for the first 30 nights, risk-free. So they give you a month huh. to sleep on. Well, I wonder if they try. make half of it flannel and half, what is it, cotton? Whatever, whatever your heart's well, desire. They, they, they build they, one top, bottom. Hey, they got them for the top. We'll, we'll you find got two out. Sheets. We'll what if find you had half you? silk and half flannel that let my wife have the flannel and I have the yeah, switch sides. Yeah. So if you, if you sign up right now, you get $50 off your first set of sheets, $50 off bowlandbranch.com promo code Robertson. So that's $50 off bowlandbranch.com slash Robertson. That's going to be, or no, that's your promo code is going to be Robertson. That's B O L L and branch b-r-a-n-c-h.com and the code name is robertson 50 dollars off 30-day trial they should send us what state are they what state are they out of where are they they from i'm Uh, saying we could revolutionize the sheet the the sheet world by doing half of it for the person who wants flannel and the other half why not why Just, don't we do maybe this? Maybe should go to work for them. What, you order them. Huh? You order them, and you could order any kind you want. No, but I want them together. I want half the sheet to be flannel and the other half. And look, that way, when the season changes, you just swap the sheet around. But see, I like it. I never cool. thought of it. You're <laughs> saying like Missy's half. She's sleeping That's on it. one thing. And then look, when the year, the season changes, you just flip it over. We'll mention that. To, All right, so Bowling Branch, you Bowling folks. Branch. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna check into some research and development. Look from into the Robertson. That. I'm sure they'll take all of we our. We have changed seriously. the world. I don't today. know where they're from, Dad, but they got a good idea. Yep. Bowlingbranch.com promo code Robertson. Sign up. Check them out. Let us know what you think. Three out of five presidents hey. agree. That is breaking. And the news. reason Jason's back on the Lord's Supper, someone says why. When we come together as the church, Jesus, when he instituted, implemented the Lord's Supper, he took bread. After he had taken the cup, he took bread and broke it and gave it to him. He said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Basically, don't forget. Don't forget me. Remember me. Every time you drink the cup, that's my blood. And when you eat the bread, that's my body. Don't forget that. So it all comes back to Jesus and the gospel, no matter what you're doing. And he's doing it. I mentioned yesterday, I said, three ways to get it out. You can read it, which we're doing today. We read the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I want to remind you of the gospel of right. priesthood, which you receive, which you're standing on. Which is First Corinthians 15, yeah. which is what your lesson Phil zeroed in on. 
uh, where it says, by this gospel you're saved. No, right before it says, uh, you received it and on which you've taken your stand. That's right. Which was a good point because I hadn't thought about that. So then he tied that in later with Ephesians 6. I'm seeing how well I remember your sermon. When it said, uh, you know, the armor, put on the armor, which is all centered around the gospel, the feet ready with the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, which Jesus is the truth. But it says, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then it's like, when you can done all you can do, stand. Stand. said it four times. Four times in a space about like this. He said, you put on the full armor of God because you're done with the devil and Jesus has delivered you from his power. So Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection frees you from Satan, Mm -hmm. frees you from sin, frees you from guilt, frees you you from law, and frees you from the grave. Well, if you just look at it, you say, so you make the decision when you come to Jesus, okay, okay. Jesus from now on will be my Lord. I'm dying to sin and being buried. You're doing it in a pool of water and being raised with it. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. The second thing about stand, when the day of evil comes, you may be able so that you'll be able to stand your ground. There is evil. You know you're a follower of Jesus. You know you've given your life to him, and here comes evil. So you'll be able to stand your ground, be armed, stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, the word of truth, the gospel, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You're like, man, the gospel is the centerpiece of every move you make when you get right down to it. Right. So, no doubt. And so I got up there in the plant, you know, everybody, we had LSU fans. And I said, this is my favorite time of year. I said, it's duck season. And actually, there was some people cheered when I said that. Yeah. Which was, I thought, okay. Then we talked <laughs> about LSU, big cheer. I, I said, uh, you know, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. And the cheer was about the same as the LSU. So I rebuked them for that. Because <laughs> I thought... <laughs> Okay, wait a minute here. <laughs> All right, we're fired up for the LSU We're game. in a game here with immortality tied right. to it. Jesus so should get more. I, I, Jesus should get more of a crap, uh, you know, an applause. So then I stopped everything, and I went to Luke 10, 20. I said, you know what that reminds me of? Jesus had given, he had sent out some some of his followers, and he gave them the power to drive out demons and it, it actually is an interesting verse it says uh let me turn over there because i was in the moment or they as they say in the spirit when, in I, the zone. when i read it yeah but luke 10 it says uh the, his followers he sent out the 72 and the 72 returned this is uh, luke 10 17 with joy and said lord even the demons submit to us in your name and jesus replied i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And I stop there because most people, when they read that, that doesn't register because that's not in their world. But in our world, you know, there's a snake every 12 feet. Yeah. And I'm like, if I had that kind of power, that would be exciting. But, Jace, you got to remember something. And I'll remind your brother, Al. Uh, Jace goes up, he's standing on the stage, 
there, there's a packed house of people, you know, five, six, seven hundred of them. <laughs> there's <laughs> more people in there. There might have been a thousand. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of people. So Jason's up there, but but just his appearance, some of the more refined <laughs> members of in computer land out there are saying, let me get this right. I'm looking at your son. You know, he's got still got the black face paint left from the duck hunt this morning. And he just got a kind Phil, of a, to the refined mind, Jason's. In their eyes, would be a little bit raggedy. Would be the word. What's worse than that is you. You know, they're looking at him. They're thinking he's your worship leader. Okay, you breaking down my appearance on the live computer feed, as you would say, is well, actually more computer disturbing. I love the text. I love the text in the Bible that says God looks at the heart, not the outside. He looks at the heart. Hey, I mean, uh, you must have been pathetic, Dave. I mean, what well, I'm saying is, to put on something my nice. dad is is breaking down my appearance, which I actually didn't have camouflage on. You know what? I actually had this shirt on, so I had an undershirt, so I'm like, uh, yeah. didn't really get dirty. But I'm looking at Phil. He looks like he's been rolling around with a hog in a mud hole. <laughs> Uh, seriously well, that's mud that is not like some kind of camouflage effect that's real so mud, everyone will know we started uh this gig today at 4 30 in the morning <laughs> heading down through the woods and that and that wheeler i have was throwing mud in every direction <laughs> so a little got scattered on me okay. but it's good camo <laughs> yeah so anyway i forgot what i was saying i was reading men's <laughs> now what i said sentence. was y'all were in charge yesterday dad brought we were. In, yeah, yeah okay but i mean okay i'm sure we got a few looks but i'm saying here's jesus saying i've given you this authority to trample on snakes and scorpions which I, that was really appealing to me i, I kind of stopped and mentioned that i was like here we are in louisiana every few i feet. would love to have that gift oh would that be exciting? I'd love just to go through the swamp. Just Never be grabbing, stung. Grabbing snakes, you know, and looking them at the eye. Never be snake bitten. Well, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a group, and a large group, there's a group mostly on the East Coast that they try this. They take it, you know, yeah. literal, and so they bring in a big box of rattlers and then do a little bit of church the service. The problem is. Breaking out the snakes in your, in your service. I don't fault groups for trying it. Yeah. The problem is they usually result in a call 911. <laughs> I'm just saying that look it up <laughs> so he gives them this power but look what he says he says all the power of the enemy nothing will harm you which that fact alone would be exciting you know the jesus that we follow and submit to he has the ability and the power to give you where nothing would harm you you just think about that that's the person you need to follow yeah just on that one fact when Forget you take, all the other benefits. When you take a man like Peter, commercial fisherman, he becomes a disciple of Jesus, and he wrote a couple of letters, and in one of them he said he was describing his physical death. He said, I'm going to put this tent, meaning his body, I'm going to put this tent. Tent's temporary. He called his body that he was housed in a tent. I'm going to put the tent aside, as the Lord Jesus has told me. And he, and he was going back to Luke when Jesus told him what kind of death he would die to glorify God. He said, I'm going to put this tent aside, and after my departure, I just want you to remember these things I, that yeah. I've written here. Right. Well, yeah. you just think of looking at physical death like that, Jace. 
not only stomping on snakes and scorpions, he said, look, when, when, well, right. when it's the, not lights out when you die. Connection it's, uh, it's, should have been made right there that if you have the ability where a poisonous snake would not harm you or, you know, a scorpion or a thousand scorpions. Which, by the way, in Acts 27... Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's shipwrecked. He's on an island. They're picking yeah. up, gathering up some wood to build him a fire. Yeah. Poisonous snake latches onto the hand. All the people there. And that's one of them two-minute adders, them meaning you don't, you don't have long. And all the people there, all right, well, he's fixing to die. You know, if they had a watch, they'd be looking at it. Yeah. He shook him off in the fire. Yeah. He kept gathering around there, and he's all right, boys. And he starts preaching, and they marvel yeah. because – you know, he had he had the power you were talking they about. They started the saying difference. he was God. That's exactly, then they wanted to bow down to him. The difference in what the Bible says and what people do to represent it, I see snake charmers and snake handlers. There's a difference in that than being a recipient of a snake bite on a continual basis that will kill you, and you're just like, eh. That's the difference. Yeah. yeah it's one thing yeah. to handle it and say you got yeah. the faith. It's one thing to be, be bitten. And you so, remember that on Duck, Duck it Dynasty? It leaves a rugged uh, scar because I've had some buddies that's shown me their leg after being bitten. Uh, Mac Owens, Copperhead bit him. You know, Cottonmouth so, rots out a little more flesh. But uh, it's a it's a nasty wound. Oh, it's a bone. I mean, well, it, it eats the flesh uh, away. Oh, yes, and I just look at my dogs that have been bitten, yeah. and that's enough for me to say, yeah. you better watch out for the Cottonmouth. <laughs> You remember that uh, first day of filming Duck Dynasty, they had to have, you know, I guess by law or whatever, I guess I can tell this, the statute of limitations probably run out. But they, if we were out in the wild, remember at first, they'd have a, they'd call him an animal wrangler yep. or whatever. Yeah, that's what it's called. And uh, so this guy, we're out there. And they're the like. from South Africa, right? No, not him. Oh, okay. He took over the role okay, after the first guy. But here was the deal. All right. So we get out there, and we're not filming the show. They were doing a, a promo for the show. So it's not like we're not, we're not filming an episode. This is just let's film a commercial for the show. Remember, we blew up a duck blind, and we walked in front with that same yeah. blind. They said, well, we think it would be cool if you all handle some snakes, you know, for the commercial. So we're like, no problem, you know, as long as they're not poisonous. I mean, so anyway, so there's a guy, and they – you know, there was a chicken snake they had, and you know they were just gonna get some shots, shots with it. Well, this old boy, the snake wrangler, he comes up there with a cottonmouth, a poisonous snake. I said, "Now I'm out on that." And so it started a little argument. Well, I looked down at his all his you know fingers, and he only had nine. And I said, "What happened to your finger?" I interrupted the argument. He said, "Well, I was you know somewhere in Africa, and a snake bit it." I said, I don't trust nine fingered <laughs> snake wranglers. <laughs> That's out. <laughs> I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing for your job ever. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I'm a professional. He's got his hands up. You lost a finger doing this. <laughs> you can trust me ten times. Oh wait, nine. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's right. I knew right there from day one. I got to watch. It was this gonna be watch. a battle, wasn't it? So look, this and here's what's funny. The guy hands a chicken snake to willie 
And so we're going to do the commercial. Do you remember this? So, I just remember so, him talking about it. No, well, uh, you were there. I was there. So but... Willie grabs the chicken snake because the guy says, trust me, I'm a professional. I'm like, I'm not, I don't handle snakes because God haven't, hasn't given me this power yet. You know, I don't even handle chicken snakes. I don't like chicken. I don't like snakes. I don't like any snakes. So look, Willie grabs the chicken snake. I know I'm completely off subject, but this is a hilarious story. <laughs> so the chicken snake, Willie, they're fixed to start filming. They're like, you know, action. We're filming the commercial, you know. The chicken snake turns around and just <laughs> on Willie's index finger. Well, your natural instinct, which a chicken snake is harmless unless you do one thing. If he bites your finger. His teeth you, are sharp. Well, his teeth is like a, a Opelousas catfish. He don't really have teeth, but if he gets his his mouth around you and you pull your hand out it'll take all your skin with it which is what happened to willie he because it scared him the chicken snake bit him and he pulled his finger out well then just blood was squirting everywhere Ooh, great ad for the show oh yeah they didn't run (laughs) look that tape that footage was probably burned (laughs) and willie's like he 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 bit me. He was looking around because when you get you bit by a snake and then you're bleeding so profusely, he's like, you know, am I? I'm dizzy, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming home. Yeah. All right. So none of us uh, none of us like the idea of losing our hair. Um, for some of us, it happens sooner than others. Uh, I suppose I saw uh, recently. I was with a room full of people and they were all bald which was interesting because one of them had a huge beard. I mean, like worthy of YouTube and more, but he was bald on top. And I was like, man, how does that much grow out of here? What, what happened up top? I don't know. You know, the number one problem in duck hunting is flaring ducks, which comes from people who have a lack of facial hair or just hair in general. (laughs) I was wondering where you were going. With that, we went from baldness to well, I'm just, you're saying that's society a, that's here. a problem for flaring ducks. I mean, because you know, not having ducks on your grill is actually a, affecting your well being <laughs> and nourishment. It's the greatest fast food on earth. That is true. So this would help you be more it would camouflaged. Help we don't like losing our hair. Yeah, it, I, okay. I, I did a little research. Our friend at our friends at Keeps uh, sent me some research, and basically, it's a hormone issue. It is genetic, uh, but there's a hormone issue is why you actually lose it. So you're missing some hormones over time. They a, just a totally blind, uh, uh, a total guy whose head is totally shaved. Yeah, it, it, his head shines. Right. Yeah, that if was you the point. People I was have feeling. shiny heads. Shiny head. And he, in a duck blind, ducks can see that from a long way. <laughs> so, it's like a moon. A human can see it from a so long way. So basically, yeah. what we're saying is baldness. You're out of our duck blind. So if you ever want to be in it, you you need something. So anyway, our friends at Keeps have some answers. Thank goodness, because we can hide from ducks. Uh, you basically go to their website, which is Keeps dot com in slash door and you know basically they're going to give you the lowdown there's a there's a free doctor consult that you can get they're going to tell you about these hormones they provide them cheaply uh, so you can begin to replenish them in your body uh, they give a, a, a hair loss treatment that is especially for you and it actually your your body temperature will rise the more hair you got it'll keep you warm this would be better than I us know that. recommending yeah. to a bald man 
spray your head with, with spray paint out of a can, spray your head black. So, Which we've I mean, done before. It's easier to go but with keeps here. Nobody likes that. If yeah. you got your hunting buddy down in the blind and you're spraying his head with we've done it before so it's (laughs) so we don't want that so 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 visit keeps.com slash door keeps.com slash door you get 50 percent off if you do that now you get a free online doctor consult keeps.com slash door and don't get your hair spray painted or your lack of hair spray painted keeps.com slash not spray painting the hair it's the baldness if you had a little hair yeah, you still stubs. Yeah, stubs. Oh, maybe it was poison. <laughs> but anyway, if you had this kind of power that Jesus unleashed, they didn't have to worry about that. To get to my point, <laughs> from the people hollering loudly over the LSU game, just as loudly as Jesus, I read Luke ten twenty, which says, however, Jesus said, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that that your names are written in heaven, which was my little subtle rebuke. I'm like, okay, we're fired up because we're from Louisiana and LSU just dominated the game. (laughs) We're fired up because we're shooting ducks. You know, we're eating good. It's the holidays. None of that matters compared to your name being called out in heaven's role. It's always a, I love that passage because I always envision we're all there. Because most times you don't like, you know, having your name called, I guess, unless you buy a lottery ticket or whatever, and then it's a number. But you just think you're in line or whatever vision you want to have of when the day goes down and they call your name and you're like, yep, that's me, eternal life, here we go. I mean, that's something that you should be joyous about. So that was kind of the introduction. I've never read about the promise of immortality except here. Yeah. Well, not not having a body. You know, yeah. most people believe eternity. Somehow you're into the, uh, you know, we, we join with the yeah. cosmos and then you're energetic. Li- live on. And like or it's a- where our people of faith are right now because they're not dead because Jesus said to him all are alive. Well, so, so, but they're without their body. So they're in some kind of, you know, when they summoned, who was that, Samuel from the dead? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was fully aware with everything that was going on. Yeah. You can look that up somewhere. Or, you know, I'm, uh, was First it, Kings. Was it Saul? Yeah, or? Saul, King Saul. Yeah, and uh, he was like, and then by the way, he said, for you disturbing me from my death, in quotation marks, uh, you're fixed to get the consequences of that, like you, your family, and your family's family. So it was a bad move because they had summoned some magicians and right. magic arts. Or so what's what's interesting is, so you guys, we kind of had a divide day. Y'all are basically running the things here, uh, the worship, dad's preaching. Yeah, because all the staff was gone. <laughs> right. So then I'm in already in Tyler, and because our uncle, my, mine and Jason's uncle, dad's older brother, only two years older than dad, uh, has had dementia for about seven years. And so just been a you know, sharp decline, strong man. A lot reminds me a lot of dad because he, he could hunt and he's a great athlete and played football with dad. And, you know, his last few years have been tough, you know, because he just he couldn't speak and all that. Yeah, this. he just quit talking. I yeah. mean, eventually he quit talking, then he quit eating, then he quit breathing. Right. Because your brain literally, they were saying it's kind of like your brain just shrinks to where it will not function. So there's nothing you can do. It's sad. So it was tough. It was tough. But at the same time, I thought it was interesting because you guys hop on a plane and fly over there so you can get there for the funeral. 
Jay's kind of kicked it off with a, a little bit of prayer and, and, uh, and read his obituary. So then I'm speaking about him, but it's, it's right in line with what you guys were talking about because you're talking about challenging lives to commit to the gospel. And so now I have an opportunity to talk about a man who committed his life to the gospel and, you know, was a very godly, very self-disciplined. I mean, like Tommy was just the rock life he was all the way yeah. through he wasn't flamboyant like he wasn't as much as we are he's no. a little more low-key and quiet he wasn't always out you i know. think phil would label him like a crusty brother <laughs> that's right exactly yeah. <laughs> but he was i mean 100 percent faithful yeah to god and to his wife and to his family and so it was a chance for us to say with a large group of people this is what you live for you live for the day sure. when somebody goes to the place you were talking about where Samuel was and everybody else that's been here and left. Yeah, a lot of waiting. people, uh, I had mentioned that we were headed there after the service. They were like, y'all are, and y'all were still speaking. And I was thinking, this is not the end. This is that's the right. beginning. No, we're, we're sad. I mean, we, I got a little, you know, teary eyed just being with my family at the funeral. Cause we start talking about memories and, yeah. you know, that's what, causes you some sadness just because you, you're gonna miss him you know i mean nobody in the look in this world has wrung my ears more than my uncle tommy <laughs> he was look, he was an infamous earring which by the way that means yeah. for you those of you who don't hunt if you shoot a shotgun within a proximity of a person's head you wring their ears to the point where to give you a severe terrible headache well, the proper phrase, and, and loss of hearing as well the proper phrase for being a great duck hunter is to stay in your lane Bro, I was going to leave that. (laughs) The ducks come in. Everyone has an imaginary stay in your lane, bro. Lane. Look, some people shoot in three hundred and sixty degrees, which is Tommy. Look, by the way, Sa is reaching that point. Uh oh. Yeah, Sa is becoming the new Tommy. Well, there's a certain age you reach where you don't give a rip. (laughs) So you're like, I'm shooting. So when I see Sa's gump, when it starts pointing toward me, I go down. So, Paul, to the Corinthians, yesterday when we were remembering Tommy while he was on the earth and wishing him Godspeed from now on, if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. He came in a human body, born of a woman. He had a body two feet, two arms, two legs, he dies. Well, three days later, he's back. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we're to be, we're found, be, to be found false witnesses about God. We're all lying, for we've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. If the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Not only did he remove you from sin, Satan, law, I just covered that. Then those who have fallen asleep, what about the ones who die and are Christians? In Christ are lost. None of those made it. All the ones who have died before us, all lost if there's no resurrection. And then he says this, and it's a great text. This is 1 Corinthians 15, after he Preach the gospel, 1 through 4. This is over about verse 19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. If there's no resurrection, 
we're we're a joke. Yep. Oh, it's but man, Christ has doomed. indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. In yeah. Adam you die, in Christ you got immortality. That verse I, alone should be enough to focus on Jesus I'm in your you. ninety minutes together every Sunday morning. We look at our culture and I'm thinking, if they knew what I've come to know, they wouldn't behave like they do. Well, right. that's why you. They share really it. would now. Right. That's why you share it. What I did, uh, you know, after I did the welcoming, and I acknowledged Phil's group because Phil would never say this. You know, he's not going to throw out a bunch of stats. But I said that welcome them from across the river. Some of them didn't want to come, just like some of our church didn't want to do something different. You always have, you know, three or four grumblers and complainers that don't want to do anything different we're like we're all going to get together once a year get some energy focus on jesus so we can go back out and phil said oh my crew's in you know about a week later he comes and nope some of them don't want to come yeah <laughs> i was like i know it's you know because it's like what are we, we're doing something different i mean i mean phil and mr jace are doing the you know the deal i mean that's what some of the young people's i'm like yeah so i had all the young people were come down disaster oh yeah they were and look we have the spirit we can do this so look i had the kids come down i said anybody any kid that can walk up until the age of where it's going to embarrass you to come down here and get us you know a sucker i had bags of suckers <laughs> and uh so i had basically i would say three years old two and three year olds up until 10 or 11 year old yep had about 40 or 50 of them come down so you brought back the old melton deal i did yeah. i got this from ray melton yeah. who, who married me and my wife and i uh, was a great preacher he was a he was a old uh dog runner and a, a cat hunter he would go to hunt cat big cats yeah, he never well. shot them he just wanted his dogs to chase them and he right. would sit in the truck and listen to them it was yeah. kind of hilarious but uh man who loved the lord it was real was great practical and still alive today I, I, he, he's an awesome man so i said i'm bringing it back so i had all the kids come down i was a little nervous about it because i thought you know it's completely out of your control and so i gathered them all up and i i said uh i told them a story about when when i was eight years old my mom your wife asked me one day when we were in the car she was like when you grow up what do you want to be and uh well, I just said, I'm going to build duck calls because that's basically what we did back then, you know. But she said, are you going to love Jesus? And I had just never thought about that. And granted, I was a little kid. But for her to ask me that, I had never, you know, I, y- y'all had been converted. We were going to church, but it wasn't registering. But that question made me stop and think, am I going to love Jesus? I just didn't really have the answer. And I thought about it a while as we were driving along. And I said, yeah. I think I will. So I kind of, I told him that story and I tried to, to simulate the same thing. So what I did was I said, I said, what do y'all want to be when you grow up? So first one was a policeman. Then it was a fireman. Then it was a vet. And uh, everybody was like, oh, interesting. And then I was waiting on a funny one. I figured, you know, that the crowd would, would appreciate. And well, this little girl said, I'm going to be a princess. (laughs) So everybody laughed, you know. (laughs) And so I told him the duck call deal, you know, I blew the duck call. And then I said, well, let me just tell you, we want you to grow up and be like Jesus. That's why we're here. And so I did a one, two, three, and let the crowd tell them that. They all turned around. 
I was like, when you grow up, we want you. And they all went to be like Jesus, you know. So I gave them a sucker, and they all left, you know. And what's weird about that is some of the, the old Jay, you know, who's our right-hand man in the duck blind. And my son-in-law. Yeah, not an emotional man whatsoever. You know, it's about, he reminds me of Uncle Tommy, actually. Yeah. And uh, just kind of a, you know, works out, hard guy, let's go, take the mountain, rah, rah. He come up there, and he's like, <laughs> man, I had tears in my eyes. I was thinking over over the sermon, and he was like, "Oh, you had them kids up there, you know, asking to be like Jesus." Yeah, and, he, and his, he got weird. And yeah. his youngest kid was up there. So. I just beaming, you know. <clears throat> but I thought, you know what? Sometimes when you just break it down like that, the looks on those kids' faces was very inspiring because yeah. they were pondering that question. And it's, one of the kids was his. That's right. That's right. It was my granddaughter. It. it, it, it it See, here's what's up, here's know. what's interesting, Jace. I, I had no idea you did that, which yeah. is brilliant, by the way. We should do that more. But you remember at the end of the funeral of my remarks when the last line I put in there because I thought about you know if you know Tommy was a grandpa, and I thought what would I want my grandkids to know once I was gone? I couldn't influence them anymore, you know, in this life because that's the one thing you miss about leaving is you still got people left behind you'd like to impact. So I thought, what would, what would it be? And so I called out. He has four grandkids. I called them out by name. And, and one of them's in college down to a girl that's about 10. And then there's Chad's boy that's about 12 and a teenage girl. So I called them out by name. And it's funny because I looked down at them. They were just sitting right there. And they and they were, they were locked in. It was quiet in the place. And I said, if you want to know the one thing, they call him Pops. The one thing that Pops would want you to do is to love and follow Jesus because it's the only way that he'll be able to reconnect with you again. And I was looking at them all, but the little boy at Chad's, I mean, he was locked in on me and he went, I mean, he gave me the nod, like I'm in. And so I thought about that. I thought once you can't reach beyond the pale and influence, that's what you want more than anything else is your progeny, your children, your grandchildren to trust and to listen. It's the only way we got, it's the only chance we got. Everyone leaves, leaves a reputation. That's right. Well, I wanted to share that story because I think it's a good thing to do in, in churches because you know, the audience, they were on the edge of their seat. Although it was a little uncomfortable for me, I think it went great. And I mean, I thought, look, they're kids. Well, they, you know, I, if I just have to, you know, go, hey, shut it down, you know, because I'm an intimidating. Bill, that's where my look actually helped me. That's why I was, was looking a, so bad. There was, was a couple to... of kids over there that wasn't paying attention. I went, hey, you know, they're like, so, <laughs> but I got that from Luke 18 in verse 15, where it says, people were also bringing children to Jesus to have him touch them. And the disciples saw this, they rebuked the parents for doing that but jesus called the children to him and said let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of god belongs to such as these so i I mentioned that verse when i was up there i was like we can learn a lot just from their attitude and demeanor and it says i tell you the truth uh anyone who will not receive the kingdom of god like a little child will never enter so i thought it was a good moment of course, then we went. I went into the Lord's Supper. I made use of the of the John six, which is what I was going to say earlier when I said Phil wouldn't tell you this. But they've baptized almost a hundred people over there across the river, just in a less than two years, I guess. Yeah. And they feed the homeless, 
And I, I had a John 6 reference because some of the ones that didn't want to come were the homeless. And we were providing a bus for them, but they just... They were worried about that meal because what Phil does, they prepare a meal and the homeless. And by the way, the other problem I found out later from one of the ladies that works over there is they were worried about loading up on that bus because for a lot of the folks that come in there, when they load up on a bus, they're heading to some place where they're going to lock them up. Yeah. You know, so it's like, hey, load up on the bus. It's like, yeah, the last time I did that, I wound up in prison. So no thanks. I'm not doing that. I didn't know that some of them wouldn't get on the bus. (laughs) They made a big deal. So look, I had this ready for the Lord's Supper. I uh, quote i didn't read it i just quoted it in john 6 after jesus fed the five thousand with the two fish and the five loaves of bread well he goes across the lake well these people are trying to get at him and he runs up on them in the in the second well but but it's the middle of john 6 in verse uh, 26 he said i tell you the truth you're looking for me not because you saw miraculous lines i mean signs but because you ate the loaves and had your fill which was really true. That I mean, it wasn't that it was a miracle. It was so good. They wanted some more of it. <laughs> they were following him around. Yeah. So I was going to make a kind of a funny analogy. I was trying to be funny about <laughs> they were kind of griping about coming over here because they didn't want to miss that meal, right, which right. I eventually got to verse 29, which says the work of God is this to believe in the one he has sent. Because he said that in response for saying, don't work for food that spoils. Because they had followed him, you know, miles. There's, a, there's to get an after old him. adage, Chase. Yeah. If you feed them, they, <laughs> they will come. They will well, come. And look, it was Jesus's idea. We've done it. Look, you remember that time we went in uh, College Point over here, which is a mainly all African American community, and because we have some close friends that live there, and we they wanted to reach out to their neighbors, and Phil was like, "I got an idea. Let's just have a huge fish fry, just on the street." And when everybody gathers up to eat the fish, we'll preach Jesus to them. Yep. I remember thinking, that's, a that's Jesus. not going to work. That's a Jesus move. And look, that heck, if it didn't, we got there and they the came whole community. A mighty throng appeared. <laughs> we had killed I, hundreds of pounds oh, of fish. Oh, I had a lot of fish. I yeah. said, this fish fry, it'll get going. You never but, know. And by the way, just so I was you know, on Uriadale Davis. She's an old black woman, an old good black sister, Great good sister. woman. It's not just, I was on her porch. It's not just yeah. to the masses, just to let the audience know. Is is I have to say we practice it even among ourselves. So we had our big Christmas feast this year, Robertson feast, and it's always amazing. You know, we do seafood and it's incredible. We got all this food laid out on the counter, and so Dad says, "Hold on one minute," because you know, we're about to say the blessing. So Dad goes over and gets his Bible and comes back over and gives us a little, you know, ten minute dissertation. Well, he gave what I didn't know was that was the dissertation he was going to give. I figured on it, Sunday morning. I figured it was, was a awesome. highlight. Yeah. So he kind of gave us a little version of what was coming. But what I loved about that was and I and I actually tweeted this dad that I showed that picture of you as your Bible and I said before we feast on the great bounty of being successful and having a blessing you feast on the word of God because that's where it's at. So yep. th- I want to thank dad for that, for you always remind us that what's the most important thing. So we you get together it. for Christmas. That's what it's all about. So it was, it was important. So yeah. look, so, so man, that went fast. So I told you if you let us, uh, cause I, it was my idea. I was like, why don't we just tell the service we did? Cause I thought people who are just not really preachers, you know, we're just Phil and I, we're believers. Right. We share Jesus. But y'all look like preachers. That's what's so surprising. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Good point. You're just a three-piece. We don't take up a collection Joel for Austin. ourselves. We do it for free, which is okay with me. Well, you can't be a preacher <laughs> if you're doing it for free. That's what way it is in America. I tell everybody that. You I, do what? Yeah. I was like, I, I know I look like a preacher. Yeah, I got that from you. Everybody laughs, you know, and I'm like, and I'm doing it for free, which is there are some fringe benefits because they can't fire you. And if they're like, hey, shut it down, you're just like, okay. So I took a picture of Dad and Joel Osteen together in a green room last year when they were really? promoting their books. And so I'm I'm lining up the shot, and they're there together. And I said, you two are twins. This is amazing. <laughs> and I took that picture. I mean, you talk about two different-looking cats, different ways of making But that. we had almost <laughs> a 1,000 people show up. Look, we focused on Jesus, uh, our team, with the singing, look, it moved you to tears, huh? Yeah. It was awesome. We did the thing with the kids. It was a good day. We did all that, and look, we had a young girl, 15 years old, uh, respond on the invitation, and she wanted to be baptized right then, awesome. which was awesome. And so, and, and look, you know what? Because her mom had come to the Lord, overcome some substance abuse, you know, she yep. worked with the, yep. the Celebrate Recovery Group. And a long road. But you know what a response. That girl comes down. She hears Jesus you know, feel, share Jesus. And she's like, I've seen this change in my mom. And for the first time in my life, I want to be like my mom. Yeah. And, and Jesus, I thought that was a very touching. That's awesome. Confession. Cool. So it's, uh, we're starting a new year. It's 2020. I just want to encourage our audience. First of all, I want to thank you for listening, participating, being a part of it. Keep sending your questions in. We're going to be answering those um, on our future podcast as well. And two things I wanted to, to give you. One <clears throat> I met a guy, an old friend, actually, at the funeral that I hadn't seen in a few years. He lived in that area, so he came to the funeral. Didn't really know my Uncle Tommy, but knew us and wanted to be there. And so he didn't know about the podcast at all. So I told him about it. Well, he's already listened to several episodes just today. He texted me. He's like, this is incredible. I, why did I never hear about this? So I want to remind you guys, if you love the podcast, if it's if it's helping you, tell somebody else about it. That's how you know. So word of mouth will work. So be sure and spread the word about unashamed. Uh, and also, uh, we're going to start a study in the book of John. Uh, we're excited about it. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing it at church as well as here with you guys. So I just want to give you a little assignment. This is your first assignment on the Unashamed Podcast. If you really want to be where we are, start reading the book of John because we're going to go through it. We're going to make the case for Jesus is what we're going to do. As Jay said, we've already talked about that Genesis through Malachi about pointing toward Christ. That's what we, we did last year. We touched on it. Touched on it. We, just, yeah, we didn't go and too And we'll deep. revisit. That's right. But, but I've always said if you want to study the Bible, it's one of the few books that I think you should start in the middle. Yeah. John will work. That's a good one. You know, and then you go from there. You're going to go back to Genesis, and you'll you'll so we're going to we're going to spend some time talking about Jesus being here and what that means for us. So if you want to be right with us, uh, do a little homework ahead of time. Read read the Book of John through a few times with us, and I think it'll enhance uh, your listening. So anyway, thank it. you guys. We're going to have an awesome 2020 on Unashamed. See you next year. So I know you've heard that a lot of YouTube censors or a lot of conservatives and Christians are really not getting a fair shake. And so we've been hearing that, you know, our podcast has been buried. Uh, we'll hear this across a lot of conservative platforms. So we want you to help us out. First of all, you need to subscribe. So if you hadn't subscribed to Dad's YouTube channel, 
Uh, that's youtube.com slash Phil Robertson on Blaze TV. That's a lot, but youtube.com slash Phil Robertson on Blaze TV. That helps us to be able to cut through this ability to be able to cut us out. Second thing you can do is hit the notification bell icon. So you just hit that thing. You make sure that YouTube will show you every episode. And you can control that. So we ask you to do that. Finally, hit the thumbs up on all of our YouTube videos. That tells people that you love the podcast. We know that a lot of you do love the podcast. So just take that extra second to get that bell, to get that thumbs up, so we can try to get it out there as much as possible. 